0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, more fallout from what is now being called potentially the worst bug of all time. Apple helps Android users discover if they're being tracked by air tags. A new entrant into the AR and VR product category that I guess we're gonna be covering a lot more going forward. Amazon is coming for DoorDash and Instacart. And how much did Meta have to pay to become Meta? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Hey, so that whole Log4j thing continues to be a big, big deal. How big? Well, how about the fact that the CISA director Jen Easterly said yesterday on a call with security and tech industry officials that the Log4j flaw is likely affecting hundreds of millions of devices right now and and may end up being the most serious bug she has seen in her entire career. In fact, quoting her directly, quote, one of the most serious I've seen in my entire career, if not the most serious, end quote. Quoting from CyberScoop. We expect the vulnerability to be widely exploited by sophisticated actors, and we have limited time to take necessary steps in order to reduce the likelihood of damage, she said of the Apache Log4j flaw. The issue is an unauthenticated remote execution vulnerability that could allow an intruder to take over an affected device. Hundreds of millions of devices are likely to be affected, said Jay Gazley of CISA's Vulnerability Management Office, in the call with critical infrastructure owners and operators. CISA, a component of the Department of Homeland Security, is setting up a dedicated website as soon as Tuesday – that's today – to provide information and counter active disinformation, said Eric Goldstein – executive assistant director for cybersecurity at the agency. The vulnerability would, quote, allow a remote hacker to easily take control of the system in which they exploit it, he said. The industry briefing was the latest alarm sounded by government officials from around the world, with CISA issuing a warning over the weekend alongside the likes of Austria, Canada, New Zealand, and the UK. Goldstein said CISA expects all kinds of attackers will exploit the vulnerability from crypto miners to ransomware groups and beyond. There is no evidence of an active supply chain attack, quote, at this time, he said. It's going to take, quote, sustained effort for organizations to become secure with diligence needed even after applying patches from Apache, Gasly said. There's no single action that fixes this issue, Gasly said. It's a mistake to think anyone is, quote, going to be done with this in a week or two, end quote. Easterly's advice was to make sure organizations have their security teams staffed over the holidays, take, quote, all necessary steps to close easily exploitable weaknesses, end quote, and share even more information than usual with the CISA, end quote. Need more data points to underline how serious this all is? An analysis came out this morning suggesting Log4j attacks rose from just a few thousand on December 10th to over 800,000 within 72 hours. Exploits may have been attempted on more than 40% of corporate networks globally at this point. This is from Checkpoint Software, quote, This is clearly one of the most serious vulnerabilities on the internet in recent years, and the potential for damage is incalculable. Checkpoint research witnessed new variations of the original exploit being introduced rapidly, over 60 in less than 24 hours. Since we started to implement our protection, we prevented over 846,000 attempts to allocate the vulnerability. Over 46% of those attempts were made by known malicious groups. We have so far seen an attempted exploit on over 40% of corporate networks globally. This vulnerability because of the complexity in patching it and easiness to exploit seems that it will stay with us for years to come unless companies and services take immediate action to prevent the attacks on their products by implementing a protection end quote PS Cloudflare says that they are seeing over a thousand log 4j exploit attempts per second at this point Fun times everybody and just a full disclosure thing. I'm not a security expert, I'm a general knowledge technology dude, and this is a general knowledge technology podcast. So if you are a security person listening to this right now, hopefully you're already on the ball using best practices to fix your own backyard. But if you're a non-security person, a general interest technology person like me, and you're worried about your enterprise or your own backyard, please seek out more authoritative security experts than me to figure out what to do to lock your stuff down. Apple is following through on its promise to help Android users identify AirTags and Find My trackers that aren't with their owners. They've debuted Tracker Detect, an Android app that scans for AirTags and Find My items that may be traveling with users without their knowledge, quoting CNET. If the Tracker Detector app finds an unexpected AirTag that's away from its owner, for example, it will be marked in the app as Unknown AirTag. The Android app can then play a sound within 10 minutes of identifying the tracker. It may take up to 15 minutes after a tracker is separated from its owner before it shows up in the app, Apple said. If the tracker identified is an AirTag, Apple will offer instructions within the app to remove its battery. Apple also warns within the app that if the person feels their safety is at risk because of the item tracker, they should contact law enforcement. Privacy advocates warned earlier this year that Apple AirTags could be used as a way to track and stalk people. Critics noted that because Apple's Find My network has more than one billion active iPhones and other devices that quietly share their location of any AirTags or other Find My devices nearby, it likely has greater reach than any other device tracking service. They also noted that Apple built proactive warnings about nearby AirTags into its iPhones, but that didn't offer support for other phones at the time. Apple in June updated its AirTags with with new software meant to deter abuse by adjusting the amount of time before an AirTag alerts a non-owner to its presence, shortening it to between 8 and 24 hours from its initially designed three days. The Tracker Detect app, which Apple first discussed in June, requires users to actively scan for a device before it'll be identified. Apple doesn't require users to have an Apple account in order to use the detecting app." Anyone old enough to remember when smartphones were first new, and so every new attempt at a smartphone, every new experiment from a Motorola or a Nokia or whomever, when that rolled out, it was newsworthy because it was new, and the form factor and all sorts of details in terms of this new product category hadn't been set in stone yet. Those were fun times, right? To me, that's when gadgets are fun, when the whole category... Of a gadget is new. When Android phones were brand new, there was this Cambrian explosion of experimentation, and every new Android phone was news. And I mean, heck, right before the iPad came out, remember Michael Arrington came out with his own experimental tablet? Wild West days. Well, I guess AR glasses and maybe VR as well are going to be a new category of Wild West like that that we're going to have to keep our eyes on in the coming years, which has me a bit excited, if I'm being honest. So, Say hello to Airglass, which Oppo has announced as an assisted reality product that projects 2D info onto the glasses you're wearing on your head, and weighs about 30 grams with a claimed three-hour battery life. Now, that doesn't sound super great, right? Sounds like an experiment, but that's the point. This is an evolving category, so we should expect experiments. Also, don't expect to try this particular experiment out soon, as it's only coming to China in a limited way in Q1 of next year. Quoting The Verge, Oppo describes the AirGlass as an assisted reality product as opposed to an augmented reality product, meaning it projects 2D information into your field of view rather than overlaying 3D objects onto the real world. Yes, this is sort of like Google Glass. The Air Glass has a Qualcomm Snapdragon 4100 processor and weighs just 30 grams, or about one ounce, in total. Oppo says it should last for three hours of active usage and 40 hours on standby. There are two frame designs, a silver half-frame and a black full-frame, and each is available in two sizes. The inside of the frame has a magnetic port that allows it to be attached to more conventional glasses. The Waveguide display uses a tiny projector with micro-LED tech capable of up to 3 million nits peak brightness, though Oppo says the actual brightness will be up to 1,400 nits in average conditions. It can be operated via touch, voice, hand tracking, and head tracking, as well as through a smart glass app on a smartphone running Oppo's ColorOS 11 or above. Oppo's proposed use cases for the air glass are relatively modest. The company says it can be used for notifications and directions, as you'd expect, as well as features like teleport prompting and real-time translation. The display is monochrome with either 16 or 256 levels of grayscale depending on the mode, so the Airglass isn't going to be beaming rich content into your eyes. That said, it probably isn't going to be a mature mainstream product either. Oppo says the Airglass will receive a limited release in Q1 2022, and at least at first it'll only be sold in mainland China." Tech meme, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z O C D O C dot com slash tech meme. ZocDoc slash tech meme. Today I learned that Amazon has an Instacart rival internally called Fresh Marketplace. This new service will soon be expanding to the US and Europe in 2022 following, apparently, its recent UK test debut. Quoting the information... Prime subscribers can currently use the Amazon app or website to order groceries from two major UK supermarkets, with same-day delivery fulfilled by Amazon Flex drivers. The information is learned that Amazon plans to expand the online grocery ordering and delivery program throughout Europe and in the US in 2022. That will put it in direct competition with Instacart, as well as other companies expanding in in in-app grocery deliveries, such as DoorDash and Uber. Clues about Amazon's plans have surfaced in eight separate job listings the company has posted in recent months for management positions on what it describes as its fast-growing grocery partnerships team, which operates out of Los Angeles, Seattle, and Arlington, Virginia, according to listings viewed by the information. Multiple job postings describe the team's purpose as enabling prime customers to shop the selection from grocery stores on Amazon.com and receive their order via ultra-fast delivery in two hours or less, end quote. So that's pretty clever. Amazon now has this army of folks in those Amazon vans making deliveries out in the real world every single day. So I guess why not have them stop by Whole Foods too and just pick up that milk you need? I guess that's the thinking. Nike has acquired RTFKT, an NFT studio founded in 2020. No word on the deal size, but RTFKT raised an $8 million seed round back in May, led by Andreessen Horowitz at a $33.3 million valuation, quoting TechCrunch. The acquisition announcement comes at an opportune time for the studio. RTFKT is currently behind one of the most talked-about NFT project drops of the month, a sweeping avatar partnership with artist Takashi Murakami called Clone X. Since its initial drop less than three weeks ago, the project has already seen nearly $65 million in transaction volume according to crypto tracker CryptoSlam. This is a unique opportunity to build the RTFKT brand, and we are excited to benefit from Nike's foundational strength and expertise to build the communities we love. RTFKT co founder Benoit Pajotto. Said in a statement earlier this month, Adidas announced a partnership with NFT project Board Apes Yacht Club. In addition to building out its own NFT drops, RTFKT had collaborated with other crypto creators to design items like physical shoes that utilized imagery in other NFT projects, including CryptoPunks and Board Apes. End quote. Meanwhile, Spatial is a startup going in the other direction, pivoting to NFTs from its previous business of being a VR meeting startup. Spatial is now going to let users host galleries and events for NFTs and has raised $25 million to do so, bringing its total raise to date to $50 million, quoting Protocol. Just a few months after Meta unveiled its own VR meeting platform, a startup known for a similar product is hitting the brakes. Spatial, which used to offer AR and VR collaboration tools to enterprise customers, is pivoting to cater to NFT fans and other consumers, a new direction that is powered by a new $25 million round of funding. As part of its reboot, Spatial launched a new website that allows people to start their own avatar-powered event spaces and NFT galleries right from within their web browser. Spatial is also available via mobile apps and will continue to support VR as as well, but is heavily emphasizing its web version as a way to quickly get started with a metaverse like experience. Spatial is not the first company to find the enterprise AR and VR market more challenging than expected. Now defunct Daquery was looking to sell AR hard hats to the industrial enterprise, only to find that companies were eager to test its hardware in order to paint themselves as innovative, but that field workers didn't actually care about its product. There are still plenty of hardware and software makers betting on enterprise AR and VR. However, some now believe that the uptake of immersive computing in the workplace will mirror what happened in the mobile space, with people embracing hardware and services that align with what they do in their spare time. Case in point, Meta will stop selling dedicated enterprise versions of its Quest headset at the end of this month and instead allow people to use their regular headsets for work as well. Lowenstein claimed that Spatial had built a multi-million dollar enterprise business, but that it saw a lot more traction and growth from consumers using its platform for social and cultural events. Just looking at the data from these new users, we decided to focus 100% on this new consumer path, he said. That path includes the ability to sell NFTs through spatial art galleries, and eventually turn custom spatial room designs into NFTs as well. Spatial is taking a small commission on NFT sales and plans to launch its own NFTs. The company also plans to add portals to other metaverse platforms and offer ticketed events, end quote. So obviously you all know that I've been hella skeptical of Zuckerberg's vision of meetings in the metaverse, of meetings in VR. But, I don't know, there's an example of a company that had to pivot away from doing something like that because Zuck is getting in this business. And speaking of that, finally today, the oddities surrounding Facebook's name change to meta continue to amuse me, though the theft of that lady's metaverse Instagram account that we talked about yesterday wasn't really funny. This is kind of funny. Meta has apparently acquired the worldwide trademark assets of U.S. regional bank Meta Financial Group for $60 million in cash, doing so through an affiliate called Beige Key. Why would Meta need to do this? Maybe they didn't secure all the legal name rights and trademark rights before they switched to Meta. Quoting CoinSpeaker. In a recent regulatory filing, Meta Financial Group noted a deal it signed with Delaware company Beige Key LLC. As stated in the filing, Beige Key has agreed to purchase the worldwide rights of Meta Financial Group's name for $60 million in cash. However, the financial company did not reveal the owner of Beige Key. A spokesperson for Meta Platform's said the company is affiliated with Beige Key and it has acquired the trademark assets. Separately, a spokesperson from MetaBank also confirmed Meta Platforms' involvement in the deal. Also, reports showed that Meta Platforms have been discussing with Meta Financial Group over the trademark assets acquisition when it was still named Facebook. Meta Financial collaborates with government agencies, financial technology firms and other institutions to offer banking services with the aim of boosting financial inclusion End quote. Still, $60 million. That's a pretty expensive name change. Are we sure Meta shareholders are okay with all this? Okay, everybody. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, the usual time, Chris and I will be doing a Twitter space where we talk about the biggest tech stories of the year. But what were the biggest tech stories of the year? Can you help us figure that out? If you go to chrismassina.me forward slash top stories... There's an air table that will let you submit your top story ideas to us. There's also a place on the forum to tell us your name and Twitter handle and whatnot so that if you're in the space tomorrow, we can call you on stage and you can nominate the story yourself and talk to us about it. But even if you don't want to come on the space or you can't, please go to the form and suggest the top stories of the year for us to discuss anyway. We'll be happy to give you a shout out if you want. Again, that form can be found at chrismassina.com topstories. It's also the last link in the show notes today. christmasiname slash topstories. Talk to you tomorrow.